0: This is Chris Brooks. Thank you for listening to this edition of Equip. Be sure and subscribe for free so that you don't miss an episode. For more information, visit our website, equipradio.org.
1: As we talked about yesterday here on this program, Equipped with Chris Brooks, talked about how to engage with people of different faiths, especially around what's going on in the conflict in the Middle East. It may just give us the opportunity to have conversations that uh, we don't normally have. And yesterday we talked about engaging with people from a Jewish background. Today we're going to talk about having conversation with friends from a Muslim background. I'm Colin Lambert sitting in for Chris Brooks today and On the program, we're going to talk with uh, a gentleman who has spent many years traveling to and working with the people in the Middle East. Tom Doyle and his wife, Joanne, began working in the heart of the Islamic world shortly after the terrorist attacks of September 11th. His ministry to pastors in this region has opened many valuable doors for him to build important relationships in places like Egypt, Iran, Iraq, Jordan, Syria, and even the Palestinian territories of Israel. In 2017, he launched Uncharted Ministries to inspire the body of Christ to rise up and join the great awakening among Jews and Muslims in the Middle East and in uncharted territories around the world. We're excited to have him with us today. Tom, welcome to Equipped.
2: Great to be with you, Colin. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, we're going to talk about your story coming up in just a moment, but I want to start because it uh, continues to be on many people's minds, the conflict happening in the Middle East, of course, the horrific attacks of Hamas on Israel back on October 7th. And uh, I know that you sent out a new, one of your newsletters just shortly after that. And one of the things I wanted you to share, if you wouldn't mind, as we start is uh, you actually heard a couple of stories. Number one, you, you have worked in, in the area of Gaza and in the area of where these kibbutz are. You have worked sure. with people, both uh, uh, Jews and uh, Muslims, in the area of Gaza. Uh, but you, you heard a number of amazing stories that took place uh, around this time of the attacks and shortly after. Would you mind starting by sharing a couple of these miraculous stories with us?
2: Yeah, you bet Colin. Well, you know, it was horrific what happened on October 7th and Israel woke up to a war that could have gone regional. The world woke up and saw what was happening. We work in Stirot with Holocaust survivors. We actually work all over Israel, but that's one place we work. And that's one half mile from Gaza. So it's just really, you can see it from Stirot. You can see into Gaza. And sadly, Uh, Hamas went after Holocaust survivors so think about how horrible that is they survived Nazi Germany they come to Israel and their lives being threatened and some of them were killed six of them were killed that day but but one escaped and it was a miracle and his name is Abraham and he came to faith in Christ at 99 years old a Jewish Holocaust survivor coming to faith in Israel at 99 years old. There's not too many that can claim that, right? And so it ends up that um, when he came to faith in Christ, he was just on fire for for Jesus, the Jewish Messiah, and telling people about him. He's an evangelist. He, he tells people, I, I don't have a lot of time left. I'm 99. And so I, I have an important message for you. Well, he actually just turned 100 years old, and then this happens, October seventh, and he heard a noise outside in the street and saw a neighbor lying on the street. So he we went out to see if she was okay. Didn't realize what was going on. Couldn't comprehend it. Her son comes running out, and he's immediately shot. And Abraham looks up, realizes the scene, what's happening, and he sees Hamas about fifteen feet away from him. And there's mm-hmm. a group of them and a shooting people wreaking havoc. Well, there he is. He's 15 feet away. There's no place he can go. He sees them in the black costumes. He knows what that means. So he just gets up and he prays that he would survive. And he said that he just walked right into his house. They they never shot him. Maybe they didn't see him. Mm -hmm. He wasn't sure what happened. He was expecting them to come to the house and just drag him out. Once he heard what was going on, he heard the violence. Never happened. Still Mm -hmm. alive today thanks God for what happened. He said, Jesus supernaturally covered me where they didn't see me or they just moved on. And so anyway, we thank God, even, even one soul, you know, every soul matters, but here's this one that, that survived. And, and so that happened on, on the Israel side in the Gaza side, we work with former Muslims that have come to faith in Christ. And there are some In the Gaza Strip, which is probably hard for a lot of uh, listeners to fathom when you think about 11 Islamic terrorist groups in the Gaza Strip. So Mm. when someone becomes a follower of Jesus, if that gets out, they will be dead. There'll be no court case. They will will be killed. Well, Mohammed in the Gaza Strip came to faith in Christ a few years ago and just is on fire for Jesus. He is growing perhaps faster than anyone we've ever seen come to faith in Christ. Within months he was sending out Bible texts calling that he was understanding scripture, he was relating it to life. He it was so exciting to see and he was completely transformed. He had never bought his wife a gift, not on the birthday, not on her birthday or their anniversary or even on their wedding day. That's just how he was he came to faith in Christ was totally transformed started to love his wife started to not hate anyone that could be perceived as an enemy and he started to pray for Jews across the mm-hmm. fence he hated him his whole life but he started to pray for them well it ends up that he's just going so deep in the Lord and I said to him Mohammed I'm just amazed at what you're learning and what you're sharing with me, I'm I'm just so thankful what God's doing in your life. And he said, "Well, Tom, I hang out with my four best friends every day, and he's telling people about Jesus openly." So I thought, "Well, he's mm. listening people to Christ." I said, "Who are your four best friends?" He goes, "Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John." He said, "I'm in the Word, Tom. I'm studying the Bible. Isn't that what we're supposed to do?" Well, yes, it's what we're supposed mm. to do, Muhammad. And so he saturated himself with Jesus, and he is a light. Shining in the Darkness. Colin, you know what he's been doing in the midst of this war? He's been sending messages that we send on to Israeli Jewish believers, telling them that he's praying for them, that there's a lot of people in Gaza that don't hate them. They're praying for their safety, and they were horrified about what happened on October 7th.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, that's not
2: something you're going to see on TV, and some of the Jewish believers are sending back message is, Mohammed, we're, we're praying for you. We don't want anything to happen to the Palestinian people. We want Hamas gone. And we know we both will be better off. So we're praying for your safety. And really, you know, Colin, it, it's a physical war on the ground, but it's just a mere reflection of the spiritual war raging in the heavenlies. Mm. And so Jesus just cuts right through it. The love of Christ in this sea of hatred and talk of genocide and, and annihilate this people. And I've heard some people say, just wipe Gaza off the map. You know, you just hear this all over and social media throws gas in the fire. But the love of Christ and the light of Jesus just stands out when you see it, especially in the midst of a war like this.
1: Incredible uh, stories, powerful stories. Thank you for sharing those. And just before we get to your story, I know that you all have had experience with Hamas in Gaza. Now, uh, unless people have had their head in the sand, I think they understand from the descriptions of what took place on October, October 7th how bad this group of people is, but maybe just your insights and thoughts related to your interactions and what you know from the people you've ministered to and with about what kind of group this is
2: yeah before before Hamas was elected we were going in and working with believers there in Gaza in the early 2000 and it looked like firmly when they had their election Palestinian Authority was going to win you saw yellow flags all over that's Palestinian that's PA uh, but then right before the election I drove in I was with a pastor in the Gaza Strip and Colin, it was just this, this of green flags everywhere you went. And I said to this pastor, you don't think Hamas has a chance to win because formerly the people had hated them. He said, no, they're going to win easy, Tom. They've convinced the people that they are for their good. They're a humanitarian group. They'll look out for them. Their life will be better if they're elected. The people went for it. I'm sure a lot of the election was probably faked anyway, but they got in. And after that, their life went from bad to miserable. And sadly, it's just a group that cares nothing about the people zero. They are, they're obsessed by one agenda, and it's to wipe out Israel. So that's their motivation, and the people suffer that, that live there. So uh, sadly, Uh, thousands of Palestinians would come out every day from Gaza to work in Israel, where they were paid four times more than they could earn in Israel. And they liked it, and they were happy to do that. All, All of that stopped. And whatever Hamas does toward Israel always hurts their own people. It just hurts them. But surprisingly, they, they are human beings. Uh, I mean, it's hard to believe some of the things that happen that were so animalistic, the way they killed the people that, I mean, those, those, those ones are clearly demonized for sure. But there, but there are some Hamas that we had met that were actually very nice and open. And we went into a refugee camp once and they're usually run by Hamas. And the Hamas leader welcomed us in. We were going to feed them in the refugee camp, share the gospel. And as we were visiting with him, he, I asked him, and he's with Hamas. You could see the pictures on, on the wall behind his desk. And I asked him if I could give him a gift. And he said, sure, what is that? And I said, I'd like to pray for you. Would you let me pray for you? And he said, yes. So they had a little team. But around this guy, he's the Hamas guy. And so we prayed in Jesus' name with our hands lifted and prayed that Jesus would come to him in dreams, that Jesus would call him to salvation for his people to have a better life, on and on and on. And we prayed. And Colin, when we finished, I looked and he he had a tear in his eye. He, he was stunned. He, he I peeked a little bit. His eyes were open during the prayer. He was just looking at the four guys, like stunned. And as we finished, he said, "You go into the refugee camp, but you have to promise me one thing." We said, "Okay, what's that?" He goes, "You pray with every family like that, pray and pray in Jesus' name like you did." We said, "As a matter of fact, we promise we'll do that. We will guarantee mm-hmm. you we will do that." And so, you know, uh, he was a guy that was touched, and and is anything too hard for God? Nothing. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, they're not without an opportunity to return to repent and come to faith in Christ. It could happen. It could.
1: That's incredible. Wonderful story. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. We're going to come back in just a moment. As you can hear, Tom Doyle has a passion for the people of the Middle East and beyond. And when we come back in just a moment, we're going to hear why he has this love story with the Middle East, how it began and the kind of work they're doing. We're gonna talk about how to have a conversation about Jesus with Muslims. What kinds of things do we know? How should we develop those relationships and move through those relationships? And of course, always, we've got great information for you on our website. We'll link you to all of his information and wonderful books and resources at EquippedRadio.org. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation, we would love to have you here. 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. And we'll return with more with Tom Doyle talking about Jesus with Muslims. That's our topic today here on Equipped with Chris Brooks. Stay tuned, back with more in a
0: moment. Here on Equip, it's our goal to help listeners like you to understand and apply biblical truth to the issues we encounter in our culture, our community, and our home. But we need your help. Will you join our family of Equippers by making an ongoing monthly donation to Equip? When you do, you'll have exclusive access to regular encouragement from me, as well as our Equipper webinars and other special offers. Become an Equipper today. Call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org.
1: You're listening to Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm Colin Lambert sitting in for Chris. One more day today. Excited to be with you. Thank you so much for taking your time to be with us today as well here on Equip. A quick moment to thank the folks at The Bridge in Austin, Texas, Uh, David and uh, Gene and all the crew here for allowing me to use their studios for the last five days. Appreciate that. And to my team back in Chicago, Deb producing today, Bob on controls, and Laura answering your phone calls today at 877-548-3675. 877-548-3675. Our guest is Tom Doyle. We're talking about talking with a Muslims about Jesus and uh, the possibility that right now what we're seeing happening in the Middle East might even give you more opportunity to connect with a friend or a neighbor who is Muslim and we'll get to that in just a moment but Tom uh, I mentioned it before the break anybody that knows you or hears you on the air knows that you are passionate about what you're doing where does mm-hmm. that passion come from your love for the Middle East how did it all begin
2: you know, I was a pastor for 20 years and went to Israel on a Bible tour. And I was excited about going. This is before 2001. But it, it truly changed my life when I went to Israel the, the first time. Uh, An early church father called it the fifth gospel. You know, a pilgrimage to Israel is just life-changing. And it was for me. And of course, I fell in love with the Jewish people were grafted into them. I, I did not really um, feel a pull toward Muslims to reach out to them whatsoever, but but God began to systematically break my heart for them. And when God called us to leave the pastorate to go into missions, we knew that we had a big job to do because we had a love for both of them, the Jews and the Arabs, uh, you know, Muslims and Jews. And so launching into ministry, we worked with both of them, and oftentimes we would hear from other mission groups, "Well, if you're working with Jews, you can't do outreach to Muslims, and vice versa." You know, we'd hear that, and we just we'd keep it very simple. We just think God's heart is big enough to love them both, and we we want to see both of them saved. And so that happened, and we launched into ministry 2001, right after or right before 9-11. And immediately, we saw a different world out there. As soon as we got to Israel after 9-11, for Muslims, Colin, the line was drawn in the sand with 9-11. Every Muslim we've met anywhere in the world knows about 9-11. And I, and I think what they had to ask themselves was this, does that mean for me to be a good Muslim? I have to do jihad and go out and kill people i mean they had to reason that out because they, have, they were told that's what makes you uh, an observant muslim and we found many of them did not want to do that they were concerned with simpler things like feeding their children and sending them to a good school if that was possible we saw an openness in the gaza strip the, the very first time right after 9 11 i walked in uh, just a couple of months after 9-11, a, a Muslim woman walks up to me in Gaza City, and she's covered completely, of course, and um, she she actually grabbed my arm and said, you're from America, aren't you? And I said, well, yes, I am. And she said, I could tell by the color of your eyes. I said, oh, okay, thank you. And she spoke English perfectly, and she said, did you see... On September 11th, when the buildings came down in America, did you see the video of people cheering in Gaza? Did you see that on CNN? And I said, well, I did see that. And she said, well, not me. I was crying for those people because they didn't deserve to die. And Mm. I'm so sorry for what happened. And she tapped her heart, Colin, and said, please forgive the people of Gaza for cheering in the midst of your misery, I apologize that happened, but that wasn't me. And she turned on her heel and walked away. This is a couple months after 9-11, and my first thought that went through my head was, there's human beings here. They're, they're not all terrorists. I mean, that's a problem there. It's a stronghold, no doubt. But there are human beings here. And we saw from that time more Muslims open to the gospel than ever before. What happened on 9-11... And what just happened on October 7th has repelled some Muslims. Now, I know you wouldn't get that from watching TV and the news, right? You would just see the opposite. But there are many that just want to live in peace. And if they had a conversation about Jesus with someone, you'd find that they might be very open and have some questions. So so that happened there with us on the Gaza side. Then we saw on the Israel side that... that Again, Jews were opening up to the gospel, and many people be, uh, in Israel, because of the Holocaust, uh, they, they become atheists. So, so many of the Israelis are just atheists, and you ask them why that is, and they'll say this, well, if there is a God, well, where was he in World War II? We, we cried out and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. And of course, we can't answer that, but miraculously, when it looked like the Jews were in danger of being completely wiped out. Hitler wanted to get all of them within a couple of years after that. Not only do they have a homeland, but Jews are streaming back to the land of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and living there was a miracle. And so so we also saw that Jews were opening up. Actually, it was slower, we, we saw, with Jews than it was with Muslims. Uh, but yet... Anyway, now that's changed, and we know this. This war is evil. It's horrible. Anti-Semitic spirit has just been unleashed by the enemy from yeah. the, the devil himself. But yet, we know that through this, through the darkness and the evil, people are craving the light. They're, they're craving uh, goodness, and they want to see a good God, not a God that is vengeful. And so we see IDF soldiers praying before they go into this battle where they they weren't praying they never prayed but but now they're praying and and also on the other side of the fence palestinians questioning what do we do with this is this what our life's going to be just caught up in terrorism and they don't want that either so it's a great opportunity for the gospel and i i'll just close this question with this More Muslims have come to faith in Christ in the last 20 years than in the last 1,400 years of Islam. Mm. So that 20 years compared to 14 centuries, big, huge difference. The gospel is open. People are open to hearing about Jesus Christ as Muslims, and so are the Jews in many ways.
1: Well, let's take a moment on that. What have you seen God doing among the greater Muslim populations of the world? What kinds of things have you seen? I did hear you mention earlier dreams, and I think that's something in the West we're just not familiar with, and maybe at times even a bit uncomfortable with, but it seems to be something that is regular in the Muslim communities. Tell us a bit about that.
2: Yeah, it it really is. And, you know, Colin, when I first started hearing about that, I thought, what, I'm, I'm what? Why? Why would that happen? We just need God's word, you know, which which we do, right? But then I found out working with Muslims that uh, there's a high illiteracy rate around the Muslim world uh, in villages and places that that are uh, where they don't have good schooling or where they don't want them to learn. And so I started to hear stories, and I I started to just write them down. And, uh, first guy I met was in Jerusalem. His name was Muhammad. He was in a Bible study. And I said, wow, your name's Muhammad and you're a believer. And this was, you know, like 2002. And he said, yeah, I, I am. And I said, were, were you just dying to get out of Islam, to be out from all the law and, and just have a personal relationship with God? Is that, is that what happened? And he said, no, that's that's not it at all, Tommy," he said. "Actually, I thought I was right, and and you all were wrong." And I said, "Really? What what happened? How did Jesus come into your life?" And he goes, "It's simple. He started coming to me in dreams. Thirty nights in a row, he came mm-hmm. to me in dreams, and that got my attention. And I had to find a copy of God's Word, and I had to talk <laughs> to believers and." soon I realized something that I had just missed out on my whole life. And I came to faith in Christ and he saved my life. And so that was like the first one in person I met. I started writing them down on legal pads, Colin, to share in churches when I preached. Cause I thought like you're saying people in the West aren't going to believe this. They're, they're going to have trouble fathoming this. They probably don't know anybody that had dreams about Jesus. So I was on Moody radio with Charlie Dyer and, He asked me to tell a a dream story years ago, like 2011, and so I told one. He said, Tom, you need to write a book on Muslims having dreams. And I said, well, I thought about that. I just wonder what evangelicals, what people would think. And he said, you know, all of us need to get over ourselves. God can do whatever he wants at any time. He has a heart to reach people, and if he uses a dream to open a Muslim's heart, and then they read about him in the Bible or someone shares So be it. And I thought at that point, okay, I'm writing a book on it. And the next year I wrote, Dreams and Visions is Jesus Awakening the Muslim World. It's happening and it's growing even more today.
1: Tom Doyle is our guest with Uncharted Ministries, and we will continue our conversation in just a moment. In fact, we're going to start talking about those relationships that he's been alluding to and how we can do more to help our friends and neighbors who, from a Muslim background, learn more about Jesus. You can participate, 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. Stay with us on Equip. folks who support the program every month you probably hear us talking about them they're called equippers and one of the benefits of being an equipper is the opportunity to join chris brooks for special webinars the next equipper webinar is coming up thursday november 16th it's going to be right after the program and chris is going to be talking about recovering from church hurt sadly many christians have been hurt by other believers or by church leaders and the road to restoration can often be daunting. I want to encourage you to register for this seminar, bring your questions, and find your way to healing if you've experienced church hurt. That's again, is Thursday, November 16th. Now, equippers, registration details should be in your most recent equipper encouragement email. That's where you'll find it, but you do need to get registered so we know you're going to be there. If you're not an equipper and you want to attend, you can become an equipper today. Just call 888-644-4144. That's 888-644-4144 or visit EquippedRadio.org and look for the little button that says Become an Equipper We would love for you to be a part of the program in that way. Tom Doyle, our guest, we're talking about uh, the opportunity to have conversations about Jesus with (coughs) Muslims, especially in the midst of what's happening currently in the Middle East, uh, maybe even a better chance than uh, just a few weeks ago. Uh, Tom, you and Joanne have spent a lot of time in the Middle East. You have become friends with Muslims what has that process been like, and does it differ any with friends who are Muslims in the United States?
2: Well, you know, I think, Colin, uh, what happens first is God has to give you a heart for Muslims to really, really break your heart that that they're lost, they need Christ, and um And we have an opportunity to share with them. And honestly, sadly, uh, they were very overlooked by myself and my wife for years until around little before 9-11, God started to give us a heart for Muslims. They'll love Israel, honor Israel, uh, pray for them, work with them, a lot of work in the Middle East with, with Israel and Jews. But God called us to reach out to Muslims, too. And here's what we saw. We saw a verse in Isaiah 65, one that says this, I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. I was found by those who did not seek me. To a nation that did not call my name, I said, here I am, here I am. Well, originally this verse is obviously written by Isaiah for Israel, but we saw this same phenomenon happen that jesus was coming to muslims in dreams and visions they were even asking christians to pray for them because they felt like their prayers weren't being answered they wouldn't say that but they would they would receive prayers from from believers and so we found that simply people just want to be recognized and uh on and honored in a sense and so my wife joanne would would um, would go up to women that were covered, Muslims that were covered, and just say, Hi, how are you? She would do that here in the States? Um, where are you from here? Or did you move here from somewhere? And then be able to talk about their homeland and, and maybe food or, or whatever that, that would be some common ground. We found that Muslims were very open to having relationships with people outside of Islam. The amazing thing, Colin, was this, is that they expect uh, everybody to lay their cards on the table uh, early as they begin talking with them, because they're probably going to guess that that we are believers, but oftentimes Christians kind of don't bring that up or try to hide that, but they actually have more respect for you if you say, oh, I see that you are a person of faith, I'm a person of faith, I'm a follower of Jesus, and and they will accept that. They will understand that. And so what we found in dialoguing with Muslims is there's several things that you can do, but we ask them to share their story first, is, is what we do. We, we say, uh, so you're from Syria, Mohammed. Mohammed, you're from Syria. Tell me about your life. What was like? Do you like it here in America? And... They'll tell their story. And then one of the things that we want to get them into is the Bible. But if we pull out a Bible, it's going to freak them out because they've been taught their whole life the Bible is corrupted. Christians worship three gods. And so that's just an automatic brick wall there that's gonna be a barrier if a Bible's brought out. So we just will say this. Well, now that you've shared your story, Mohammed, can I can I share a story with you? Yes, sure. Well, this is a true story from the Word of God. And then go into the story from perhaps the New Testament. Uh, Jesus was in a boat one day with his friends, and he fell asleep, and all of a sudden a storm raged, and wind started whipping, and the waves started splashing, and of course you all know the story. And then tell that story briefly, and just end it with this, and that's a true story from the Word of God. So... Mohammed, what do you think about that story? Did you like that or was it confusing? What do you think? And so what we're doing is getting them into God's word. We're not pulling out a Bible, but we're telling them God's word and they're hearing it. And we know that it's sharper than a two edged sword and the reactions are truly amazing. God's word never returns void. It starts conversations. Uh, I, I remember this. I remember this guy named Mahmoud from Syria. I shared that same story with him. And I said, Mahmoud, do you like that story? What do, what do you think about that story? We want to dialogue in God's word. And he said, we're from Syria. We're, we're like people in the boat. If God doesn't do something, we're, we're in trouble. We're, we're going to sink, just like mm-hmm. Jesus' friends. And <laughs> I thought, this is amazing. He's dialogue dialoguing with the word of God. He's thinking through it. And eventually he did come to faith in Christ. And so the, the powerful word of God is what will pierce their hearts. Don't be ashamed of it. Just don't, don't compare it with the Quran. A lot of people say, well, the Quran says this, but the Bible says this, or hmm. Muhammad did this, but Jesus did. Don't go there. Uh, apologetics and all of that can, can be saved for when they come to faith in Christ, uh, unless they bring it up. But most of them never will and many of them Colin, haven't even read the Quran because we know that about 60% of Muslims globally don't even practice they were just born Muslim mm-hmm. but they don't they don't even practice 30% do and and then maybe 10% would be classified as radical believe in jihad but so we let him tell their story tell them a story from the Bible and then I tell the story and say here's my story I grew up and I was religious. But I gave it up. And they'll say, you gave up religion? Yeah, I gave up religion. Why did you give up religion? And I will just say, you know, there was just too many rules, and I I couldn't keep all the rules, and I kept getting in trouble because I wasn't keeping all the rules. And then when I did keep all the rules, I found out I didn't feel any closer to God. Maybe Mm -hmm. you've experienced something like that. I sure did. So I gave it up, Hollis is arabic for it's over it's finished and they'll say what did you do i gave up religion i gave my life to jesus and he changed everything Mm -hmm. and really that story is their story they're not feeling closer to god at all every muslim that we've met that has shared their story said there was a, a vacuum they they just weren't able to get to god they felt like nobody was home as they as they reached out to him. In, in fact, we have, here's something that would encourage the listeners, Colin, is we have, uh, I found the truth. I found the com. These are all video stories that you can find online of former Muslims that came to faith in Christ. And Christians love them because they see some of the problems they're dealing with. It's a great thing to share with the Muslim. Hey, I just saw a video from a guy from Iran and he told a story, I was surprised. What, can I send you this and see what you think? Let's, let's get some coffee and talk about it. But um, pretty exciting because even sadly, the war started, but all of a sudden getting like 70,000 views a day on these videos because mm. I think Muslims are searching. I think Christians are wondering about Muslims, especially seeing all the hardline Islam. So no. anyway...
1: That uh, website, by the way, we've just uh, put on our, our website as well, also on our Facebook page and Twitter location as well, equippedradio.org. If you forget that uh, site, i ifoundthetruth.com, will link you from our page uh, to all of his information. Want to make sure that we hand that off to you. Uh, just before we take a break, I wanted to get your thoughts on this. You've mentioned both men and women. It's my understanding that women can often be Uh, the spiritual gatekeepers of their families have you found that and what does that mean for starting conversations
2: you know that's really true and I've observed that Colin with my wife Joanne uh, over the years working in Muslim countries all over the Middle East and Central Asia it seemed like the Muslim women were the most open to Christ Uh, they were the spiritual gatekeepers of their family you wouldn't think they would be but because of Islam and how women can be put down if people practice what's said in the Quran. But uh, yeah, they, they are concerned about their marriage. They're concerned about their children. And when they come to faith in Christ, they will share with their children. They will share with their husband, even if there's a risk that they could lose their life. So we say this, reach the Muslim woman, reach the Muslim world it's uh it happens everywhere we go it seems like the women respond the very first with with yeah. their people groups so yeah mm-hmm. pretty exciting to see that
1: all right we're talking with tom doyle our number is 87754836758775483675 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. if you have a question or comment for tom we'd love to hear from you an opportunity to learn more about reaching our muslim friends and neighbors And again, we'll link you to all of these uh, bits of information you're hearing tied to Uncharted Ministries, as well as the the ifoundthetruth.com website. It's all at our website, equippedradio.org, equippedradio.org, and Facebook and Twitter at Equipped Radio. Again, the phone number, 877-548-3675, 877-548-3675. When we come back, we'll talk a bit more about those conversations with people from a Muslim background, how we can bring Jesus to them as we continue to share our faith in various ways. Tom Doyle, our guest, back with more of Equipped with Chris Brooks. I'm Colin Lambert sitting in today. Stay with us right
0: here. it possible to have joy even when life is hard and the four habits of joy-filled people marcus warner and chris corsi show us how to build habits that will fill our lives with joy and satisfaction every day based on the latest neuroscience this book is practical and easy to understand and provides exercises and tools that can help you to live a joy-filled life request your copy today when you support equip this month Simply call 888-644-4144 or visit EquipRadio.org.
1: Welcome back to Equip with Chris Brooks. I'm Colin Lambert sitting in today for Chris. Chris, back tomorrow. A conversation about the importance of sound theology in our pulpits today. Why? Why does theology matter? And why does it matter that pastors are grounded? In good theology, well, you'll learn some of that tomorrow. Chris Brooks back on the air and equipped with Chris Brooks. Uh, same time, same channel, as they say. My guest today, Tom Doyle. We're talking about having conversations with uh, Muslims about Jesus. He has been working with his wife in the Middle East for years now. He has an organization called Uncharted Ministries. Also, a website that we just mentioned a moment ago, IFoundTheTruth.com, with stories of Muslims who've converted. And we want to make sure that uh, you have access to all of those. You can get to them through our website, EquippedRadio.org. 877-548-3675 is our number, 877-548-3675. I'd love to go to the phones. Uh, Donna, you're listening in New Hampshire. Thanks for your call today, your question or comment for Tom.
3: Well, I don't know what to do. So I was out watering my plants on the third floor of my condo um, place. And these I've seen these people, they're darker skinned. I've seen them walk by. Well, they walk by, and I said hello, and I asked them their name. They go, you, you need to come to our house. We want you to talk to us. We like talking to you. I'm like, oh, okay. And we're cold like the weather in New Hampshire, right? So I'm like, oh, well. So anyways, I bumped into them again and the woman's talking to me. They're all talking to me and um, we want you to come to our house. We want you to come. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) And I know it's probably God or something somehow opening the door. I don't know what to say to them. And I have been very busy with all kinds of things, family stuff and all that. But it's like, I walk by their house. I don't want them to think I don't love them or, or, or like them. So I'll like kind of look in the window when I'm walking the dog and just kind of wave, but they want me to come up to their house. And I do, I just, and then the, the son said, well, we have to, because my, my husband's a, a gospel singer. We have the same God. We have the same God. And I'm like, I don't think we have the same God. Um, I said, our God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I, I, is that your God? So we're having this, and they just like, we want you to come to our house. It's like, I don't feel like mm-hmm. I know enough to come to their house. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. That's a great question. So, Tom, some thoughts for Donna?
2: Well, you know, I think uh, the best thing you could do, thank you, Donna, is just pray. Have some people pray for you and go and just meet them and they'll probably have coffee that will open up or tea that will open up a whole new world they will be thrilled that you come to their house now they may uh, start telling you about islam and that should not rock your boat is to say that but just you can then feel free to share the love of christ not to say you're wrong i'm right just oh you know, this is what Jesus has done in my life. When I received him, he gave me love and joy and peace and hope. And, and that's what I hope for you. That's what I pray for you. They will first be touched that you came to their home because they're probably marginalized. People, especially now, same thing on the news. They don't want to, you know, even talk with a Muslim. But here you come to their house and just go and be gracious and have the confidence of the Lord. Pray that the Spirit of God fills you to just give uh, answers from your faith. You don't have to debate. You don't have to give them answers to Islam. You just talk about what Jesus has done in your life, and that will get their attention.
1: Donna, thanks so much for your call. And boy, what a perfect example of uh, that opportunity, (laughs) Tom, to be able to just walk into those conversations. I think all of us, to some extent, or most of us, to some extent, feel that um, we're not uh, worthy, we're not knowledgeable enough, we're not uh, Mm -hmm. uh, trained enough, and there's some fear there. That's something I think we all face in sharing our faith, and it's no different with a situation with someone who's Muslim.
2: Oh, it's so true, and I think we say this a lot, Colin, that Sometimes people that know absolutely nothing about Islam but just go in and try to love them, build a relationship, and then share a little bit about what Jesus has done in your life, that's more powerful than anything they could do. So that they're unafraid, that they're going to pray for them, that they're glad to have them as friends, that is meaningful to Muslims. And when they see someone that believes in their faith and lives it out, that's a powerful testimony to them, because they're not, they don't have a living faith. They have a faith that is pushed on them, and it's duty, and it's obligation. But someone that just has an unabashed love for Jesus and has joy in their life in the midst of difficult things, that's a message that comes through loud and clear to Muslims.
1: I don't know if it's true, but I've heard many people who work with Muslims say that Allah has many names and many descriptions, Uh but love is not one of those. And if that's the case... Uh, I guarantee you most people in their heart of hearts and their deep in their soul, they're looking for a God that loves them. That's a piece of the story that we can easily tell because we know the kind of love that God has for us.
2: Oh, it's so true. I mean, that's our identification bracelet for the world. I mean, Jesus said, By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. So when they see us lead with love and are genuinely concerned about them, and want to go over like Donna was given an invitation. And she may get the Islamic, you know, they're sharing their faith. Well, we'll let them do that. That doesn't dislodge our faith. Here's what Jesus has done in my life. Boy, you told your story. Here's mine. We're going to have to be a theologian. We just have to be, have a heart filled with love and be concerned that people one day are going to die separated from Christ. And we're passionate at praying for them and trying to reach them with the love of Christ.
1: Yeah, Tom, uh, 30 seconds, Uh, give me uh, two or three things we should be praying for, for our Muslim friends and neighbors.
2: Uh, We we pray right now that this wakes up many Muslims to the reality of the religion, Uh, ISIS, uh, the Islamic State, were some of the greatest evangelists to lead Muslims away from Islam into the arms of Jesus, because they saw the treachery and the evil, and they didn't want to be a part of it. So pray that they would be repelled by what Hamas is doing, and pray that they wouldn't get sidelined politically, that where they can just say, we hate Israel, pray that they would really open their hearts to want to know more about God, and that God would open them up to Jesus. That's most important.
1: Tom Doyle with Uncharted Ministries. Again, will link you to him and all his information, including that special website on videos of Muslims and their transformation through Jesus. We'll do that at equippedradio.org, equippedradio.org. Thank you so much for taking time to be with us today. My thanks to the whole Equipped crew and Chris for letting me sit in his seat. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Equipped with Chris Brooks, a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.